Now, you might not believe this, but the career path of almost every super successful individual included having a job just like the one you have now. You're either going to or coming from work, so we might as well talk about it today on Your Way to Work. And now, your host, Ricardo Witte. Hello, everyone, and welcome to On Your Way to Work, the show that talks not to the employer, not to the manager, but to you, the worker on the workplace floor. I'm your host, Christian Witted, here today with Rick Witted. How are you doing, Rick? Doing well, Christian. It's uh, good to be here. It's been a busy, busy weekend, but uh, I've really enjoyed myself. Quick shout out to the Advanced One Day Conference by author Matt Keller, who we'll have on the show here in the near future. Had a great time. I cannot wait to get him on to talk in the future. I'm looking forward to that as well. But today, I want to talk about an article that was written by the Center for Association Leadership entitled, The Seven Reasons Employees Leave. I'd encourage employees and managers to listen to it. But Rick, there were a couple of statistics in the article that caught my eye, and I'd just like to throw a few questions at you. I'm sure many of our listeners have. Here are those stats. First, about 35% of American workers quit in the first six months. Wow. And secondly... More than 6 and 10 turnovers begin with some kind of post-hire shock. Yeah, wow. So when I hear those statistics, Christian, I'm immediately asking the question, what did they miss? Both from the perspective of the hiring manager as well as the employee. From the, the perspective of the hiring manager, first, how did they describe the role were they rushing to make a hire? Did they dig deep enough during the interview? Did they role play real life scenarios that are common in the work environment? I- I'm thinking of what did the employer do um, to cause that or at least what part they played. But but it sounds like you want to talk about the employee in the scenario. Right. The article I'm referring to does a great job of sharing mistakes an employer makes to contribute to this issue. But an employee can't control those things. They can only control their preparedness during the interview process. That's true. Uh, you know, and, and, and actually more, it's, that's a more powerful statement than you realize. I've never met anyone, and I mean, I'm not kidding you, self-included, I must admit. I have met, never met anyone who left uh, a job, you know, quit a job that ever blamed themselves for a bad decision, ever. <laughs> I've never, <laughs> never. They always seem to put 100% on the employer, and sometimes that is the case for sure, but I challenge anybody um, that if you quit within the first 12 to 24 months of a job, maybe even longer, but definitely the first 12 to 24 months, if you quit, then your decision-making was absolutely at least a part of the reason you were where you were after you quit. I'd have to agree with that. And 
With many people quitting their jobs so quickly or being shocked by what they uncover once they begin the job, clearly there is something we are missing during the interview and pre-hiring process. You know, those uh, stats really bring to life the frightening statistic I always quote that two and a half million people quit their job every month really brings that into light. Wow. You know, I didn't make that connection until you just said that. So let me ask you a series of scenarios over the next few minutes. Now, this is going to be a lightning round. Uh You have to answer quickly and bluntly. (laughs) Uh No long discourse. I just want the listeners to get your gut reaction to each one of these. Man, you're being tough today. You know, I get passionate when we start talking about (laughs) careers and and how we help people. I'll I'll try. Don't worry. I believe in you. I believe in you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So give us your reaction to what an employee may have missed and, and what questions they could have asked to uncover it. You ready for this? Yep. Go for it. First, the employee realized they will be reporting to a different boss. Wow. So that's a, that seems like a layup. Um, well, man, this is tough. You want me to think from the perspective of the employee? Yes. So here, questions you could have asked, right? Real simple. Am I reporting directly to you? Are you certain that I'm going to be working for you? How, how certain is that? That's a question you can ask. Another question they could ask is, how often do you do you change employers? For example, if you hire me and I'm working for you, what is the likelihood that you will or do shift up management changes? Um, and that's important, particularly if you are if if you got a great vibe from the person you're being you're interviewing right the, the personal connection is a huge part of the workplace experience so that's a question i'd ask am i working for you and most people may ask that question but they may not ask the follow up what is the likelihood that i will have a different manager over the course of the next 6 months 12 months 2 years assuming i stay in the same role that's a great question to ask So now for the second scenario, the employee realizes they won't be advancing as soon as they thought they would. Hmm. So this one, man, lightning round. (laughs) All right, I'm going to try. When I hear that question, there's a couple of things I think about. So first, you're not advancing as quickly as you thought you would. So what questions, what did you miss? So some questions you could have or should have asked during the interview and the hiring process. Number one, talk to me about career progression in this, in the culture here. And, and, and I would ask a question, something like, so where does this current role lead to next, Right. And um, then I would ask a follow-up question. How, what has been the time frame for others who have started in this role that I'm in to progress to a different role, right? And I'm assuming that role is something that's either, you know, higher in level or, or expanded in control and responsibility or a different skill set in a different role. So, you know, one, what are the, what are the paths beyond this role, right? Talk through those. And then secondly, 
what has been the time frame that others starting in this role have been able to progress into the next role? That's a really important question. Um, and we don't we don't ask those questions a lot. We make these assumptions. Honestly, we have our time. I'm get you giving me the <laughs> okay. I need to speed it up. That's the issue. At the end of the day, we didn't talk about what we we tr- we level set our own expectations versus being very specific about what time will it actually take in this culture and knowing some others who have gone down that path. And what was the result for them will give you a really good idea of what the time frame for advancement or progression What's in this come job. For you? That's right. That's right. I, I, and this lightning round stuff is hard. <laughs> okay, I got a lot I'm more to say about to that, it, listeners. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I'll, I'll leave it there. We'll cover it in another show. Okay. <laughs> All right. So for the uh, for the third question here, it, it's tied in with the previous one, but. There are few growth and advancement opportunities. Hmm. That, that's a big miss on your part. I'm just sorry. If, if you're at that point, you're six months into a job and you're like, there's no opportunity here for me. You know, I'm, I'm done. And I'm not going to speak from the side of the employee because the employee could have embellished, right? Because they want you or they could have embellished because they desperately need you. Just that doesn't matter. Don't take anybody's word at face value. Ask questions. This is your career. And no one's more responsible for the success and or failure of your career than you. You are. Let me say that a different way. If you knock it out of the park, you're advancing like crazy. You're having the career of your life. I don't care who helped you. Most of that responsibility and credit go to you. Right. And what I mean by that, because you had to walk it out. You had to work it out on the contrast. And this is where we start disconnecting from reality. If there's a big failure, right, if you don't progress, if you stall out, if you're not doing what you thought you should doing, being where you thought you should be, the most responsibility for that is on you. It's not on others. So if you're ready to jump ship because your career is not moving the way you thought it was, you missed out on some really important questions early on. And one was, right, talk to me about others in the corporation who started where I am Mm -hmm. and ended up where I want to be in the future. you got to be very upfront and discuss that, right? Talk to that boss. What was your career path, ma'am, sir? What was your career path? How long have you been with the company? Tell me who is the best performer in the company today. Can you talk to me a little bit about how they started, how long they've been here, and what their career path has been. Those are really easy questions to begin to get an idea of, is there growth and deepening and development within the company? I'd, I'd also say on this question, do not confuse advancement and growth with the next ladder step, higher, higher, bigger, bigger, bigger. Also consider growing out, deepening skill sets, learning more trades. That, that's what I would say to that question. Awesome. So for the fourth question here, the job doesn't match my skill sets, talents, and or my personality. Okay. I'm going to give you some help here. If there is a job you're considering, salary.com, just go to salary.com. It's going to tell you everything about that job. It's going to tell you everything about the, the how much, you know, the low, median, and high 
um, level wage for that particular role, and it'll give you a description of that job. The other thing I'd go to is onetonline.org, I think, onet, O-N-E-T, online.org, or .com. I think it's .org. And literally, you put in any job, and it will give you details on the day in the life of that job, the skill sets required for that job, the type of of strengths and talents and abilities needed for that job, the level of education for that job, the background for that job, the personality for that job, onetonline.org, salary.com. If you are six months in, 12 months in, 24 months in, and you're realizing this doesn't match your skill sets or your personality, that's on you. That's a, I'm sorry. That's, you can, you can ride out on your boss all day. You can talk about him like a dog. That's on you. <laughs> you have to do your homework. The person who gets the job is the most prepared, right? And if you go into a job without questions, without, you know, more questions to ask than to answer, then the company is going to learn more about you than you're going to learn about them. And that likely will put you in a place six months, 12 months down the road, if not sooner, where you realize, oh boy, I didn't know a lot. And I'm just going to tell you, if you didn't know a lot, you didn't ask a lot of questions. And usually we're so hard up to get the job. If we're sitting in an interview, nine times out of 10, we want it. And we're so hard up and excited to get the job. We want the job, particularly in an environment, right, where jobs are, you know, scarce or the, the, the best of the jobs are scarce. We feel like it is our mission to go in and earn it. Well, not necessarily. It's your, it's your position to go in and learn it. Learn what the job has to offer, what it requires, and from a career path standpoint, what it can do for you. Listeners, I know that was a hard pill to swallow, but this show is not about giving you what you want to hear. It's about giving you what you need to hear. Because nine times out of ten, the decisions made about your career are made at a table you never get to sit at. That's so right, Christian. That's right. And, and, and the conversations, honestly, are this blunt. They really are. And leaders are looking for you to own it. They're looking for you to own it. So on to our fifth scenario here. We're getting close to the end. There is little to no coaching and or feedback. A lot of this is on managers. When I look at the state of the American managers, a great extensive uh, work done by Gallup that basically says only 35% of managers, hear me, managers. Only 35% of managers are engaged in the workplace. They are actively, emotionally, and personally connected to the goals and the organizations of the workplace. They're actually engaged. Only 35%. So listeners, two-thirds of the time, I don't care where you work in America, two-thirds of the time, you're going to have a manager that's not engaged. If you're not engaged, you're just not going to be a good coach. <laughs> There's, I don't know any other way to say it. So, listeners, the reality that you will have a manager that does not know how to provide good feedback and good coaching is a real strong reality. Let me tell you why. In business America, in corporate America, Main Street America, 
uh, Small Business America. There's this huge fallacy that unfortunately too many uh, company uh, business owners fall into, and that is that the best performing individual will make the best manager. And it's just not true. It's not true. The reasons two out of three managers are not engaged in the workplace is because their gifting is not in management. It may be in sales. It may be in, you know, whatever the technical skill in the role is. In performance. Right, that they're really good at. Just because they excel in performance does not mean they excel in all things relationship, which is what a manager and an employee is about. The ability to manage, to build trust, but to also maintain a balance of respect, right? To know how to uh, bend over backwards for them and yet demand a straight line at the same. Those are very, very hard skills that performance in no way ever could prepare you for, for. You just have to go through it, right? And as a manager, it is not one of those things that you can close your eyes and take a deep Yoda breath and all of a sudden, <laughs> right, you have the skill set. It's not. It, 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 it does not make you good. You have, to be, you have to be able to excel and perform in all things relationship. And so I digressed, right? And, and sorry, I know this is lightning round, but <laughs> I, I say that to say this, that is the reality for many employees. You're going to have that. So what can you do on the front end in the interview process? You can find out how well they give feedback. So for example, you can say to a, let me just, can I role play that with you, Christian? Mm-hmm. All right, pretend that you are the boss. Right. Let's let the listeners hear that. Do you mind? I don't mind. All right. Listeners, by the way, this is how you like get out of this whole a lightning round speed thing. Just pull in, <laughs> <I> the, <can> <laughs> pull in the commentator and make him start talking with you. All right. So I'm going to be the employee. You're the manager. So, Mr. Manager, you were talking about um, the widgets that you guys sell. Of course. And if you would just give me an idea What's one of the biggest problems you guys find um, in selling that widget? Educating the clients in a way that overcomes their concerns. Hmm, that, okay. So can you talk to me a little bit about, you know, maybe an employee who struggled with that and how you were able to coach and develop them, right? So cut, right? End of role play. Here's my point. If you're in an interview and you're not also interviewing, that's your fault. So, and, you know, listen to the podcast and you'll know a question to ask. (laughs) Shameless plug. But we have to interview during an interview. If you don't, I can promise you, your chances of missing something increase dramatically. Good stuff, Rick, but... Last question, lightning round for real this time. No bringing in the commentator. <laughs> All right, I got you. I'll be, I'll be nice. For the sixth scenario, underestimated the amount of workload and work-life imbalance. Gotcha. Mr. Interviewer, can you talk to me about the day-in-the-life work schedule here? What are the expectations around that? And are there times when the amount of work required or the time to do the job would go over, right? right? Or 
you know, you can ask questions about flex time and can you talk to me about scheduling, how that works, what, what are the expectations? And, and, and here, if there are things in your personal life that require that, be very, very upfront disclosing that because that may preclude you from going further in the hiring process. You may realize that this is not the role for me because of time. And, and I'll tell you, there are a number of employees, I can't remember the stat, it may be around 19 or 20 percent or so of employees that, that leave because of scheduling and flexibility. And if that is important to you and you're not talking about that during the interview and more importantly, you're not giving the interviewer scenarios. So for example, Mrs. Interviewer, can you talk to me about uh, a time when you had to be creative in, in workplace scheduling here, right? You can say that. Or you can say, hey, Miss, Miss, Mrs. Interviewer, I, I am a single father and I've got three children. And there are times when I have to pick them up late on Wednesdays or, or, or drop them off late because of my daycare scenario. Um, will that be an issue, right? Usually that's not, but you have to be straight up on the front end. And I think it's a good question to say, is this the type of role where you found many employees have to take work home, right? And if that answer is yes, dig deeper, you know, help you understand what it is and why. And then ask, are there ways that you have seen good employees here in the organization be able to maximize their time here so that that doesn't happen? Right. The whole point, and I love these six questions you brought up here. I think the whole point that our listeners should leave with loud and clear, interview during your interview. If you're the only one answering questions and you're not asking any, it is very likely that you're going to be among the 35% that quit in the first six months or the, what was that number? Six and 10? Six and 10. That leave because of some, you know, post-hire shock. It, it is not the responsibility of the hiring manager or the employer to by osmosis know what bothers you or you know, answer questions that you, you have. I would say listen to this tape and every question you've heard, if it sound good, write it down and ask it if you're in the interview process and or if you will be in the interview process in the future. Of course, that was lightning and thunder and all kinds of stuff. I know it was a little <laughs> long, but, but I'm done. Thanks a lot, Christian. This was really good. Hopefully the listeners will enjoy it. I agree. I agree. And I just to reiterate what you said, it all comes down to being prepared and asking questions, just doing your research. That's right. Own it. You got to own it. Exactly. On your way to work, family, thank you for listening in today. And if you have any questions or comments, reach out to us at facebook.com forward slash rawitted or tweet us at the handle rawitted. And if you need more than 120 characters, you can send Rick an email at rick at rawitted.com. Finally, be on the lookout again for the launch of our online career assessment in mid-December. Thank you for listening in today and have a blessed week. 